racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast. Uh, looking forward to Sandown Park Thursday night. There's no doubt all roads this week lead to the Meadows for the Group 1 maturity and the uh, the Fireball as well over there, the KCR Fireball. But we are taking a look at Sandown Park. We will be chatting to Scotty Brandon, who's the co-trainer of Play the Victim, who I think is a bit of an each-way chance in a later race on the program. Uh, and I think it's still a, a nice little metropolitan program that we can hopefully find a few winners for. So looking forward to headquarters in Melbourne on Thursday night. Run of the week. Just wanted to go through a few at the top of the show for run of the week uh, that I thought stood out. I have picked out one as the outright run of the week, but uh, starting with uh, Mahjong Bailey, I thought his win was enormous. Uh, he was It's funny because he was fifth or sixth early in that 10th race. Um, and I looked at my wife sitting at home watching the race, and I said, Marjong Bailey's home here. Like, he just had the right dogs in front of him. Uh, he was always going to power home late, and he got into the clear at the right time. So I thought he was a massive win. Uh, great to see Yarchi Bale bounce back in race number five on the program. Uh, first sort of announcing-type run he's produced in a very, very long time, and gave the indication that now he's starting to run out that 600 journey a bit better. So good to see Land- uh, Yachi Bale back. Landon Bale's the next one I wanted to chat about. Uh, he was phenomenal in race seven, 499 early. If you run that, you're going to lead so, so many races and be very hard to beat. Hector Forley won race four, 33.95. He is just a machine. But for me, the run of the week was back in race number three, and it was Journey Beyond coming from behind. Normally a leader had to do it the hard way. This was big from Journey Beyond. Set. Racing journey to be on only fair to go as was Akina Jack the good speed out from Winston Town and it's going to fly over and lead easily it's two lengths in front getting a bad check was Emily Zoe to the rear leader was Winston Town it's two in front of Scorching Boy through to second now journey beyond gets to third runs on clear of Akina Jack then came move away off the speed was Miss Scotch Less and then came Twilight Jet leader was Winston Town Scorching Boys after it running on was journey beyond the leader was Scorching Boy journey beyond over the top big win journey beyond over the top has scored a massive effort. And yes, Dan Hibbert absolutely nailing that uh, big win from Journey Beyond. Now 11 starts in, 10 wins and look, can show a lot better early speed than uh, than what this Greyhound did. Going around at Ballarat Wednesday night will be mighty hard to beat in race number 7 there, but what I what I liked was the way that uh, he was able to come from behind, do it the hard way when we know he can split quick. He has gone 6.48, 23.61 at Bendigo, 8.30s early at Warrigal, so yeah, I reckon and he's a, a serious greyhound to follow. And if he can get the start right at his brilliant best, he can go five O's and he's going to win a lot of races. Keep a close eye on Journey Beyond. Thursday's preview. Let's tuck in now to Thursday night uh, Greyhound Racing in Melbourne Town at uh, headquarters, Sandown Park. Looking forward to this program. Kicking off nice and early too at around about... Uh, five past six, kicking off with a grade seven over the 5.15. Already a scratching of number three, so to see. Look, I'm probably going to have a small each-way play in the first on number one and five. I do like Denison Frisbee from the yellow. I thought the run was big. 
Uh, just needs to miss the start, find the rail, but I also like Judge, who I think might be able to jump in and maintain a nice spot on the rail. So I like the one and the five, but at this stage, leaning to Dennis and Frisbee. And the more I look at it, with a scratching of so to seed, one less for Dennis and Frisbee to get past, to get to the rail, I think could be a, a really big plus there. Race number two, there's already a scratching of Zadie, uh, who is a, a serious youngster for the Carruthers Kennel at Bagshot. Uh, the way I see this race now is uh, Webleck Jewel from seven was terrific, uh, narrowly beaten in good time here. Last time, consistently shows speed. And then you've got Warcraft drawn underneath, who I've got a lot of time for. Uh, made it right through to that final of the Pink Diamond Maiden series. Finished off fourth in that. And then to add a, another spanner to the works, I think Shimmer Steel uh, could be one that, that does keep on improving. Looks to be a little bit green, can do a little bit wrong, uh, but does have a big motor. So race two, I'm going with the uh, the pace of number seven, but a close watch on Warcraft, who's drawn underneath, but consistently running 5-0s, Webleck Jewel, to be pretty hard to beat there. Race number three, died at Sandown Greyhounds at 6.49 on Thursday night. I don't mind the five in this, uh, Drill Sergeant. Going to need a lot of luck from the draw, but uh, just continuously thumping home at the end of the races. So I'm willing to uh, to take him. He's going to need a bit of luck in running. The draw probably doesn't help, but it's not the strongest metropolitan race you'll stumble across. Race four, I like Yachi Bale. He just showed last week um, that he was back and back to somewhere near his best. He should be pretty hard to beat off that run. Race five, the grade four. Five, uh, going with 90 mile gold last week. Everything went right from him uh, off the inside draw. He went 5.05 early. Probably didn't run it out maybe as strong as I was hoping, but the fact he was able to reel off those sections, he's going to be mighty hard to beat in a fifth grade race. So happy to go with him. On then to race number six. Thought this was a, a very tough race, a grade five. It's not the strongest grade five that you'll stumble across. I'll play the five each way. Uh, Little Prince, I think, is a pretty talented type. Uh, just needs to jump and run. Try and clear the inside brigade, find the rail in a race that doesn't have a, a heap of early speed. Minter Redeem's been going well up at Shepherd and those last two very quick wins with good sections. So I'm hoping Little Prince and the six can cart across. And if the Little Prince can lead, can get the job done. Race seven, uh, pretty keen here on number two, Promises Broken. Uh, no luck last time, was cleaned up trying to get to the outside at Hillsville, which I don't think really suits him two starts ago, but his best form is here. He races best at Sandown Park, and I think in a race that uh, doesn't have breathtaking speed, he can get on the pace, cross the red, and be hard to beat race seven, number two. Race eight over the 5.95. I like a couple in this. Andre Bale was good last week. I, I really like him up to this middle distance journey because he can bounce and run he's going to get pressure from Navarino who I see as a really big danger getting up to 600 early in his career and the danger for that duo is Lakeview Lottie who I think went really well two starts ago behind Zulu Blast so my bet will be uh, odds dependent in this I like the one the four and the seven Potentially, I'll play the one with a one unit, the win, four unit, the place type of uh, bet selection because I just think, yeah, I, I just don't know how the race is going to play out. There's a fair bit of speed out wide, and if Lakeview Lottie can kick up and maintain the rail, can be pretty hard to beat. Uh, race number nine, here's an interesting free-for-all. It's not the strongest free-for-all you'll see. I think the red's going to lead. Uh, Zippy Tesla was big. Two starts ago to win at Sandown was eye-catching last week. The small field's going to play to his advantage. Kai Bale's the other one uh, that I think is going to suit this smaller field. Again, it was a race. I wasn't too sure how to separate the pair. Um, if I was forced to pick one, 
it might be Kai Bale because I reckon Kai Bale can get ahead of Zippy Tesla, but I am worried about the Tesla. Uh, he's only had a handful of runs back, and he is getting back and, and getting back to some serious form. Race 10 is my best bet of the program. I don't care what odds he is. Uh, Postman Pat, I'm still scratching my head as to how he rolls into a grade five after he's uh, placing in the Brisbane Cup last time. He's an elite machine. Uh, funnily I say that because he was beaten by a elite machine last time but he is literally an, an elite greyhound postman Pat I think he could be uh, one of the all time greats and if he's that he has to win a grade 5 uh, at Sandown Park race 11 let's jump on play the victim he's going to be a good each way price we're going to hear from Scotty Brandon the co-trainer of play the victim and I think he can cross and find the lead and if he's in front he might give them something to catch. So I'm happy to go with uh, race 11, number three. And race 12, the last. I don't mind number one in this. I reckon an each way better, better the night, to be honest. Uh, Flying Foxy can be a little bit hard to catch. Best stats have been from inside draws. Gets the aid of box number one. And did go 5-11 here last time and, and couldn't get into a place from box number four. So I think the Red's going to bring her out. She will be at value. Uh, and I think she's going to run a good race. So I'm with race 12, number one. <laughs> Punters Punting Club. Well, I'd be lying if I said it was an easy punters punting club, to be honest, uh, for this Sandown Park meeting. Not a not a supremely easy meeting to try and sort out. But, yeah, look, I'm going to go with uh, race 12, number one, Flying Foxy, $10 each way. Um, and I might just keep it simple with 30 a win on Postman Pat. I think he'll be $1.30, $1.40, but fairly confident he will get the job done. Chances are you're going to lose. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free online confidential support. Inside Info. Little bit of Inside Info time and I can tell you now the man who we're about to get on the podcast is definitely not the, the beauty nor the brains of the operation from Team Brando. I speak of Scotty Brandon who's here for a yarn. Hey Brando, what's news mate? You keeping well? Yes mate, yes keeping well. Not the brains or the looks. And obviously the, the greyhound that you've got uh, that we will be touching on in a moment uh, play the victim who goes around at Sandown is in the better half's name and the much much better half let me tell you but I want, I want to wind it right back to the start for you Scotty Brandon. I've known you for a long long time. We been mates for a while um i still don't know how you got involved in racing i actually caught the bug a long long time ago actually a good mate of mine was um dating uh, wayne vasalo's sister angie and yeah we decided to decided to buy a dog off wayne all that time ago i think it was uh out of a big daddy cool an american dream um she turned out to be you know average one two races but yeah caught the bug from there mate and I've bought plenty of donkeys since then. There has been one, <laughs> I reckon, uh, Brando, that's been all right, uh, and yep. that was Dinah Quota. Uh, you've bred a litter from her, produced uh, Play the Victim, who you now train. Talk us through that journey from becoming an owner and now and now being a trainer, because you own Greyhounds for a long time, but just recently you've you've grabbed the collar and lead and done the hard stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, we uh, obviously bought into Dinah Quota with a couple of mates and purchased her for 1100 and she ended up winning us 50k and then, yeah, just bred a litter and, you know, with big massive thanks to Keith and Lisa Helmuth, they uh, told us that, you know, the ones that we're going to keep to, to we can rear on their property and, and, and do everything on their property and so, yeah, the, the ball got rolling there with the rearing and then, you know, Keith sort of said, you know, 
break them in yourself and pre-training yourself, you know, we'll give you a bit of guidance and stuff like that. And, yeah, before you know it, I sent the missus off to get her trainer's licence and, and then, yeah, we, we got into it. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome experience actually doing it from day one with the the rare and then the breaking, the pre-training and then, yeah, then and racing them, mate. I think it, it's, a, it's a lot bigger joy when you sort of do it yourself from day one, you know, that first win. I remember coming back from the boxes at Terralgan and the missus are standing there at the winning post with, with tears rolling down her cheeks just because of sort of what it meant, you know what I mean? I reckon you would have had a couple of uh, little little tears seeping out of the eyes as well. I actually had a sore leg, mate, because when he was coming home, I was slapping my leg that hard because <laughs> I thought he was going to get run down. I got back and my leg was red raw. But, nah, really, really proud moment, mate, because, as you know, when, when dogs aren't on your property, it, it takes a lot of work. Me and the wife, obviously, are both working full time and there's a lot of travel in between and, you know, trial and getting home at 11 o'clock at night and we're getting up at 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning to go to work. You can't complain because it's the choice we make. But, you know, a lot of hard work goes in, mate. So when you get the result, it, it, it's a massive buzz, you know what I mean? What you might not know, Lisa Helmuth is actually a bit of a fan of the uh, the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. At least she has become lately because we spoke to Bobby Valeski. They've got a greyhound, uh, the Helmuth's trained by Bobby, swindled, who won a couple of races in town of late. He's been going beautifully. And I actually have a question on the the Spotify section of the podcast, and it just says, who is the greatest greyhound of all time, effectively? And and I saw a little sneaky message from Lisa Helmuth not too long ago, and she slipped in Peter Rocket as the greatest (laughs) greyhound of all time. And he was an absolute star trained by the Helmuth. Oh, his record was enormous. Yeah, you better better speak well of the Helmuth, which you already have, because they will be already have, mate. Wouldn't be able to do it without him, mate. Hey, eyes and ears everywhere. Let's let's swing our attention to this dog, Play the Victim. I reckon you've done a really good job with him. We've already touched on the fact he was your first winner as a trainer. Um, you ended up with a bruised leg after that uh, that maiden win. And, and he's taken you on a bit of a ride. He's become really consistent. He's jumping well. He's showing speed. And he's had a couple of looks at the 500. He hasn't really found the line, but he does possess early speed. And, and I reckon, if anything, he was a bit unlucky on the corner last week. And I reckon he is getting stronger. Yeah, I tend to agree there, mate. I think his run last week was a lot better than the week before when he put together a couple of real handy first two splits but then seemed to find the quicksand turning for home. And, yeah, to my, you know, to my disappointment, I was behind the boxes and couldn't really see a thing and thought, you know, he might have hung on for a place. And then when I didn't see him on the semaphore board, I sort of put my tail between my legs and walked around to the other side. But, you know, his first... He started off pretty weak over the 450 and 460, mate. He was a bit of a sitting duck there for a while. And then I found he was finishing off his 450s and 460s really well. And then, yeah, he put in that – I think he put in a real good run at um, uh, Terrelgan the other week where he stormed home over the 500 and only got beat ahead in 28.0, which is pretty handy around there. And then, yeah, just a couple of handy dogs in the race last week that didn't find trouble. I think I think he needs to jump and run and, and hope there's a bit of a scrimmage behind him. What do you make of the draw? Box number three for him seems to suit when he had the red. He did reel off those sections, as you just said a moment ago, and there, there doesn't look to be a heap of early speed in the race. So I, I guess you'd be hoping that he can find the front and just try and tear away through the first half of the race. Yeah, I, I love the draw. I love him out of two and three. Um, I noticed the six though two starts back churned out a four ninety nine, and the the pink churned out a five oh two. So if they repeat that, they'll probably cross him. But if if he can run his five ten again, and and they can find a bit of bother, I, I think he, you know, he'd be in with a, a show. But he's very consistent out of the boxes and that, which which is handy. But I just think if 
if one of those two dogs on the outside get a clear run, I think he's, yeah, he's going to be a sitting duck again. Yourself and the better half. You've got two in the kennel. The other is amazed by you. And I reckon she has been a massive surprise packet for you, Brando, because I'm almost certain we spoke about her before she started <laughs> racing and she wasn't doing a hell of a lot. But I reckon she's the, the definition of persistence paying off because you've now won two races at Sandown, which can't be underestimated. Not easy to win a race at headquarters. She's done it twice over the 595. She didn't stay at the 715, but you're having a genuine throw at the stumps there and at the end of the day she's 11 starts in she's won three races two placings nearly 9,000 in the bank and she's won two at Sandown Park so I reckon you'd be pretty happy with her results oh very happy mate she was she was actually lucky her brother was going well because I remember trialing her one day at uh, Warrigal in her solo and and the missus isn't real big on the times and that and, and she ran 26.95 and <laughs> the missus the missus turned around and said oh what's that time like babe and I said tie her up at the wash bay and hope someone takes her home <laughs> and then yeah we found out she had a couple of little niggling injuries in a season and that and I reckon she'd all yeah you know, doing the breaking and the pre-train and she never really got within five or six lengths of the big fella play the victim and then yeah now all of a sudden I think we trialled them together a couple of months ago and he only beat her by half a length but yeah like when she ran that 34.50 at Sandown mate it, it really did blow me away she actually took her to Sandown one night you know for a, I was trialling the big fella and I just took her along you know just for a laugh to be honest with you and I was actually standing there with Nettie McDonald and play the victim I think ran home in 1060 odd and then I just threw her around for a giggle and she ran home in 1042 and me and Ned asked each other if they clocked the lure and it sort of all just started from there we just thought we better keep throwing her up in distance it's amazing too isn't it how you can have one from the litter that you've done exactly everything the same rearing pre-training breaking everything and yep. yet she wants six seven hundred meters play the victim the brother um, who's always showed the better ability as a sprinter, just sort of struggles the end of 500. It's incredible being from the same line, how they can be so I different. Know. Blows your mind. I remember the first 500 I gave her at Sandown. She ran 30 dead and got her back to the wash bay and she wouldn't blow out a candle. And I said to the missus, I said, right, she's going further. Mm. You know, even when they were growing up in the runs, mate, they'd tear up and down the runs together and she'd always want to keep going. But, yeah, that's, that's one thing that does. It blows your mind. You, everything is done exactly the same for those two. You gave mention to Nettie McDonald, who's an integral part of this particular podcast, and I was lucky enough to watch that race that you won at Sandown, what was it, uh, the 25th of June, so about uh, just under a month ago, and myself and Nettie were sitting down there at Warrigal in front of the big TV, and we could see this big raccoon behind the boxes just getting up and about <laughs> as, as you went all of the way, but you, you've got you've to enjoy the good moments in the sport. You do, mate, I tell you, because there was a, there was a bit of a run there where we were racing at Terralgan and sort of getting home at 11.30 at night, and the big fella was running last and second last and fifth and you sort of question yourself you know am I doing it right or why am I doing this but when you get the win mate you, you certainly cherish it because um, you never know when your next one's going to be 100% mate I've just called you a raccoon has anyone else ever called you a raccoon before <laughs> oh thank god yeah probably have I've been called plenty <laughs> <laughs> three and a half to nine kilos as a fully grown adult so I'm not going to call you a raccoon from any more uh, uh, I'm in the same bank as you mate but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on as I let you go what What's the dream for you moving forward in the sport? What do you want to achieve? Oh, look, mate, I'd, I'd love to breed a, you know, a group a group dog, obviously, but, you know, I'd just love a, a consistent city dog that, you know, a free-for-all city dog. But, yeah, I mean, everyone wants the big group ones, mate. That, that's where it's at for me. 
Well, absolutely fabulous to catch up with Scotty Brandon. Terrific bloke, and we wish him well on his endeavours to claim his first Metropolitan Sandown Park winner on Thursday night with Play the Victim. That wraps up this podcast, but please do not forget the Maturity Podcast coming out very, very soon after this release. It's going to be a big one for the Group 1 final, uh, the Maturity one of the all-time great races, according to Corey Smith. So looking forward to breaking that race apart, uh, trying to find a few winners, and the KCR as well, Fireball, to be random one at the Meadows Saturday night. Until next time, safe travelling and happy punting. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free online confidential support.